0: Uh <laughs> uh. Welcome to another episode of Living the Past. Today we have a very special episode where we're going to go track by track of the debut Foo Fighters self-titled album from 1995. We have Ben here. Hello. And we also have a very special guest of uh, Ben's friend, uh, touring partner. Not in a band, watching bands. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We have Adam. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Oh, man. So, like, I'm going to start this off right away, saying that I'm not the biggest Foo Fighters fan. Um, I, I like their, I like their, their hits. Um, listening to this album uh, over the last few weeks, I've probably you know liked it a little bit more. Uh, I still cannot. There's like about five tracks in the middle that all sound the same to me. So if you. And- there's two. There's no, two no. that sound the same. I'm like, is this so George or Weenie Binny or Ecstatic or is it Floaty? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> but that's look, neither here nor there.
1: I, I'm no longer like this. Is probably not going to make a top ten all time list for me anymore. It might. It'll be in the conversation, but look, I'm not obsessed with the way I used to be. Yeah, but it's still it's still good. I still know all these songs inside and out. Okay. Um, I'm. Well, I feel like Adam is maybe in the same are you still rate well, very highly
2: I, I i do it's their second best album and i'm sure we'll get into that um with the follow-up being the the greater but it's the it's the first girlfriend it's the the first time mm-hmm. you eat some fantastic meal or watch a favorite movie it's you, you've got that connection back to yeah. the yeah
1: but then the more you eat that meal or watch that <laughs> film you start to go like uh okay there's some holes Oh, it mm. sounds like weenie
0: beanies. No. <laughs> Um, Let's go. So, like, um, let's start off with I uh, guess first um, about your because like my my, my relationship to this album is probably not as strong. Like, it was a, a, an album for parties for me in the nineties. So, like, if we went to a party, um, this would always get a rotation. Well, a few of these songs would get a bit of a rotation. Um, they'd turn it after turn it off after Big Me. Let's be honest, um, but. Uh, yes. You guys have seen this um, collectively, like, um, I think 132 times, this match? No. Not
1: quite. <laughs> I think Adam's ahead, though. Yeah, yeah. So
0: how, how many times have you seen him, Adam? It's in the 30s. How many times have you seen him, Ben? Uh, exactly 30.
1: Dear, sweet Jesus. Um, I, um, the, the last time I came to Adelaide, I uh, shamelessly asked a friend if she could get me a ticket just so I could tick off a 30th show. Like, I can't <laughs> be on 29. Gross. <laughs>
2: And who knows um, if we'll get to see them ever again. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, probably, probably wouldn't anyway. I don't think. Um, but that, that's, that's a different story. Let's go. Um, so,
0: so Adam, how, like, where, where does this start with you? Like where does, where where's the food start with you?
2: Yeah, definitely mate. Um, obviously high school, I was, uh, so what, 14 in 1991 when, um, never mind. uh, uh, sort of dropped and it was uh watching the ABC afternoon TV show with Michael Tunny Tun. Oh yeah in, in between episodes of Roger Ramjet and Degrassi mm-hmm. Junior High. And this video of You're still team. watching
1: Roger Ramjet at 14?
2: Yeah it was yeah. it was on the afternoon <laughs> show. We only had like two TV channels where I grew up. And um <laughs> the, that drum intro to Teen Spirit started and I'm like, oh damn that is that's that's awesome. And yeah. So obviously the Nirvana trajectory, you know, angry teenage boy, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I remember reading like in NME or whatever it is around 92, 93 about Dave doing solo stuff like pre-Nirvana and everything. No internet back then, kiddies. Um and then then I get the heart-shaped box um CD single and there's a B-side and it's Marigold, and it's written by Dave before you know, and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Um, but I was a bit snobby, so I was, I would always be like, Oh, you haven't, Heart Shake Box sucks, you've got to hear the B side. You know, I was one of those, yeah. I was one of those people, <laughs> and actually, I still am to this day. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, you like
1: Heart Box? I like my vagina. Oh, what's the vagina? Yeah, yeah. how yeah, awesome. do you feel about Ethan Hawke's character in Reality Bites, Adam?
2: Uh, that, <laughs> I don't, I don't like that movie full stop okay good that's good Uh, um but uh there was no triple j there was no uh internet there was none of this sort of so you had to get your, your news from magazines and stuff but come uh like april 1995 something like that um um triple j had launched in wollongong where i grew up and There was talk, Katrina Roundtree was the host, and it was talk of this new Dave Grohl side projects thing coming to life. This is what the tape had spread around. And then one night I was out there delivering. I used to work for KFC, and they did deliveries. And I would drive around in my little- Gross. So gross. My little 1983- Ford Laser and I would uh, listen to Triple J all night driving uh, quote unquote food around for people <clears throat> and Katrina kept hyping this new food Fighters new food Fighters and I waited the people got cold food because I waited in the car <laughs> <laughs> they didn't and, notice <laughs> and, she, and she played this is a call and I was, hooked. I, was, I was hooked because the yeah. song was full of hooks. The pop pun I just, it was perfect. And it's just been upwards, actually, upwards until about 2011, and it's been down, downhill from here, but I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, about, and Ben, how about you? I also like the fact that you're on
1: first-name basis with Katrina Roundtree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I watch Getaway. My, my, mine's not as good. Um, I mean, I did see Katrina Roundtree in an airport once and she glared at me. <laughs> Can we just look at um, Katrina Roundtree?
0: <laughs> oh, yes, she did glare at
1: you. It could be a yeah. whole podcast. Okay. Laura's dad will be so into this episode now if he hears about Katrina Roundtree. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so not as good. Uh, I think I've, I feel like we've talked about Colour and the Shape before. I've had this with a couple other albums where we had a virgin CD store in the little town in Stafford I was... Kind of grew up in um this was not in nineteen ninety five mm-hmm. I didn't find this till ninety nine I think, so I started with uh a neutron versus just on cassette that my brother had copied um and then was like I went back to like Beatles and Simon Garfunkel and things where Nirvana kind of and pearl jam came from stones Beatles, and then I went forward from that stuff and started digging through and found Silver chair and um eventually this album and I would go into this Sanity Virgin whatever it was store, and you could scan the CD and listen to like fifteen <laughs> seconds of the intro. God is here. And again. I would do that with um, "Hey Johnny Park" and Weenie Beanie." Like those were my two. I was just would obsessed it be the same? With,
0: like, would it be the same fifteen seconds?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was always just like the first fifteen seconds, and that was it. And then you buy it, you, or you
0: put it back. Having been working in a sanity, I can guarantee you that you're on a list. of that stuff. <laughs>
1: i don't even care i could not afford to buy it um i remember like trying to i would get like a little bit of lunch money usually i was a packed lunch kid but i think like i got a little bit here and there like if Mm. i wanted to buy something and not saving it but just you know occasionally accruing a bit of money and then trying to buy a cd and i'm pretty sure i ended up paying my mum like nine pounds or something to buy this for me off the internet and just waiting I remember waiting in my giant bedroom that I had at the time for this CD to come, and I just thrashed it. Because, like, I think I'd started to download tracks. We had, like, Kazaa and LimeWire and shit back then. It's like 99, 2000. So after several, um, several viruses for your computer. <laughs> yeah, I finally got two songs. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I just thrashed the CD. Even back then, I didn't hate Big Me. Um, I tolerated it. My sister's boyfriend at the time gave me the Big Me single, the CD single, that had Gas Chamber, and that was probably the biggest selling point. When I heard Gas Chamber, along with Weenie Beanie, I was like, fuck yeah, this, <laughs> this is it. You should, you should marry this man. He gave me a CD yeah. single.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she did. Oh, did she? Is it was the
0: same dude? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, look at that.
1: And then I foolishly gifted that CD single to a bandmate of yours thinking that this is going to be right up his street. He's going to be so happy to have this. He's a Foo Fighter fan. This Angry Motor song is incredible. And he Um, sold it for crack. Yeah, probably. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's me. And just quickly, uh, I'm sure no one really cares, but Adam and I's backstory is we're both on the Foo Fighter post board for many, many years. Um, I had only seen Foo Fighters once at a festival, in 2003, and yep. I decided I was going to go all out. We moved back to Australia. I was like, fuck life. I'm just going to travel around and see bands. And mm. my first stop was Sydney for the Channel V show, Ooh. and they played a secret show at the Metro in 2005. Jabber there? Probably. I don't care. Okay. Um, no, it was
2: post Jabber at that point.
1: Uh, was it? Was it yeah. Is it really V if it's post Jabber? You know, get on. Um, and there was this little guy I knew off the post board called Ben. And he's like, come oh, meet this, ben. come, yeah. come meet Breadman. And I was like, oh yeah, Breadman. He's the guy who's been to all the cool shows. Yeah. I don't like him. And then we met, I was like, oh, he's a really nice guy. Um, and then he continues to drive me around and home me and shower me <laughs> from then on. Uh, hang on. <laughs> literally literally can shower
2: me. Can, <laughs> we, can, we, can we just clarify that shower me bit? Yeah.
1: He offered me showers. I generally yeah. declined.
0: <laughs> I
2: paid for you to have a shower.
1: Yeah.
0: You'd, which which you was not very, always taken up. You were very okay at being gross. Um, I was a smelly boy. So, um, just quickly before we get into it, uh, Foo Fighters fans versus Pearl Jam fans, like who's, who's, the, who's the most insufferable? They're all stupid. Okay,
1: awesome. I'd, I'd um, say Pearl Jam fans. Foo, fan, yeah. Foo Fighter fans are a bit dumb. Like,
0: I, I met a few in Adelaide um, before that show at Adelaide Oval, um, and I was just
2: like, Oh my god! (laughs) Pearl Jam fans are the most annoying, and I'm a fan of the band, but there's a sense of entitlement, and um, oh, you weren't there at that show, or you don't have 700 posters. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, there's all that stuff that go. It it yeah drives me mental.
1: The society comparison would be a Pearl Jam fan is like your pretentious college student. Yeah, the Foo Fighter fan is like your high school jock.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, that's the thing. Are cool uh, and fun.
1: I'm a bit of a dick, but you know. I, I saw
0: shots of the um, Weezer three photo concert. I'm like, oh, it looks like a Pennywise show. Like it's, <laughs> it's yeah. like a lot of people who like know a few songs, but are probably going to hurt me in the pit. Um, so let's go through the uh, each one. So the way I've, I've got I've got a bit of backstory on some of these tracks. Um, I'll give you a bit of backstory on the album in a sec too um, I also thought it'd be um, kind of cool to see When the last time they played a lot of these songs live Was um, just because uh, I think for some of them it's been since like The 90s since they done it um, But basically uh, just after Kurt um, Passed away in 1994 uh, Dave um, eventually got back on the band Again and started um, uh, Recording music again he um, contributed A uh, a song to I, think, I believe it was, was it a Beatles um, um, Backbeat like- Movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, that beat movie, yep. yeah, um, and that sort of like um, that got him sort of invigorated, so he then uh decided to um book out six days of recording and then, yeah, and made this album' played all the instruments himself, um complete control freak, which I believe has not changed, <laughs> even though that he's got people to actually play those instruments now, yeah <laughs> um, they released uh I believe on um eddie's uh, Eddie Vetta's um uh pirate radio show they released a gas chamber
1: and i think exhausted exhausted, yeah Yeah, which we didn't mention we mentioned self-pollution radio back in january but we didn't mention what was really on it but yeah that was one of them no which is nice so there's a bit of a connection there apparently yeah they didn't hate each other i guess
0: oh no and look i mean i see like a lot of um uh like i think matt cameron played on the one of the taylor shows as well and i think like they, they do they all, definitely occupy the same space and all of stuff they both They're played not friends in um,
1: anymore <laughs> they, um
0: they both um played in Mike Watts' band as well um so uh yeah uh they they did that and then um released it they got they got some people together they got um Pat Smear from the the germs and um uh they got a drummer that he's gonna eventually fire um <laughs> Yeah. No, we didn't. Oh,
1: look, Will I'm, wasn't I'm, fired. I, 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 Will was. I, bit, I Will was
0: just disappointed. With, yeah, look, the, the thing is, like, we we'll, get, we'll probably sort of drop these comments in, but like, um, more and more, like, you find out, Dave. Dave used to be like the nicest guy in rock, and now like the cracks are starting to show a bit. But you know, whatever. Um, so let's go. <laughs> um, let's start off. I mean, I I think um, this is a call, um, maybe one of the best starts to an album in the nineties, if not all time. I I think it's. Like if you want something that's just going to like smack you in the face, this is the cool is the song for that um I love it but I'd...
1: gently because like when you start off with just a little strum and vocal it's it's a nice little yeah, I do like the low um... beginning, but then like bam 10 seconds I, do, later. I do like
0: the uh the uh the 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 chord going in for the guitar noise, I like a lot. I like a bit of that on, yeah. on my songs um. Uh, but yeah, when that, when it kicks in, I think it's a, it's, it's full throttle. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, this is a call. Adam, I'll, I'll let you, before I
1: put on it.
2: It's, it's, I, whenever I hear the song, I smell KFC because <clears throat> there's that <laughs> memory recollection thing that goes on. Um, it's just, it's good, fun, power pop. I, again, all like you, that, the sound of the guitar lead going in and then that, yeah, you know, Dave singing and strumming along, and then bang into this this drums, and it almost sounds a bit over. It sounds a bit extra loud at the start, like a bit like a demo you're hearing or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just out the gate, just bang. It's fun, it's catchy, it's great live. Over the years, it's it still holds up today. If I was playing a replacements album, generally I'll go and put on the first few albums after a first Foo album after I'm listening to the replacements. You know, it's just got that good. Yeah. yeah. That little riff
0: he does at the end is is I think genius. Like the yeah. um like and that's that's one of the things that like does endear me to like, this this album is that some of the riffs on here and look I, like you know I'm no no songwriter, but like I can tell you can tell that like he's he's um there's another song here that we'll get to, but like sometimes I think he does like uh put stuff in just for like and build a song around it sort of thing. Like I think I think he had this this little riff thing and he's like, Oh yeah, or, or I I don't know there's this, this, this it has no commonplace being there, but it's, it it works as well too. So he is a good good songwriter.
1: As in, um, you mean the little outro, little outro it? bit, yeah, and then like um, the outro is the best. It's probably the best part of the song. Like it's a great song. I really like the song. But whenever you get something little and catchy like that, and you only get twenty seconds of it, yeah, and like, I, I need more of that piece of music, please. Uh, it's
0: it's a it's the potato and gravy of the two piece meal of course i think going get a little bit of graves. It's the best this part of podcast
2: the podcast. is sponsored by Colonel Sanders.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was last played um, on September 27th this year at the Taylor Hawkins um, tribute concert in Los Angeles. Um, now, Ben, you don't you, but you don't like the 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 song as a whole. Or? No,
1: I do. It's I like the song. It is. I, I don't know if it's in my top five. If it's not in my top five, it's close to it. Um, it's good. It's just it's hard now. So many of these songs are kind of overdone, and when it comes to live, this is one of those ones that's like, hey, we haven't played this song in 10 years. This and Big Me is the most common, Yeah, we haven't played this song all year, we haven't played it in 10 years, I don't know when we last rehearsed it, yada yada yada, here it is, like, no, you played it two weeks ago. So it's there, um, is, there, is it there a live, or even play? No, not quite, like, it's still kind of a special thing, but it's, it's. it's- it's their special go to, I guess.
2: It's hmm. when they when they when Ben and I are at a show and he grows up on the little ego stage ramp thing and he goes, This is a song for the old school fans, and Ben and I look at each other and almost cry in anticipation of what it might be, and then he does this as a call. <laughs> and, you know, Which and it's like not
1: the worst thing. Like he said that thing. before and played Learn to Fly. I, yeah.
0: wonder, I wonder, or anything to that, because remember that when at the start of Unplugged Nirvana, and he says this is off our first album, most people don't know it. They said back then, that was true. Most people didn't own Bleach. And that was like yeah. a, a true representation of like their their place in the music industry at the time. You're If you're Dave and you're like, you're in the food Fighters, everyone's heard this song. Like it's, I don't know, like it's playful. Like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, yuck is yum, but I'm just like, you know, you're not Kurt. And that's sometimes I think that he does, like even with his, his lyrics, especially, I think he's sort of, he says he doesn't want to be anywhere near Kurt, but I think he like, he ultimately would love to have been him sort of thing.
2: How could you not be inspired by somebody like Kurt Cobain? Mean, yes, uh, yeah, true,
0: yeah. But in- inspiration and then also trying to basically be a, a facsimile of him <laughs> is
1: another thing. I think, and to um, come out of that shadow as well. Like yeah, yours. true. Yeah, yeah. Like John Lennon's son. like Good luck trying to be a musician. Which one? A-
2: Julian or Sean? Oh. You probably should one, sure. one One's cashing in on his father, and one's kind of wants to be his own person. You know, different mothers, whoever, of
1: course. Whoever did Saltwater,
2: that would be Julian. That would be the one who's kind of that's, like his big back was. Now you're in heaven. I mean, like, like yeah, ching, you know, <laughs> <laughs> ring up that cash register.
1: <laughs> anyway, I uh, do not hate this as a call, but the next one is much better. Okay, and you're on the next one, let's go on to. Um...
0: Uh, I'll stick around. So this is oh. the, this is the song. This is my intro to Foo Fighters. I, like, I had this song first. Um, watched it on Rage. Um, you know, just, uh, the film clip is supremely kooky. Um, was supposed to. So if you've ever seen the film clip for it, some um, band playing in a room, but there's like these little like viruses, which is apparently like a blow up of the H- HIV virus. It was supposed to be like these sort of mutated pigs that were supposed to represent Courtney Love, and Dave's management said no. So um, they uh, they they sort of dialed it back for that. Uh, directed by the guy, one of the guys from Devo. Um, but the song itself is just another punch in the face. Like um, these two songs, peas and carrots. They, I think, I, I I would think that these two should be just played together in concert. Like a um, yeah,
1: that that would be nice. Like yeah. the outro for this is a call cool, into. I will stick around. Yeah, is yeah.
0: It, like I I, I would think it's so crazy not to do that because I think it's like I think they they definitely go together um, as a one-two punch. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts of um, I'll Stick Around, Adam?
2: It's their greatest song.
1: Cool. Um, <laughs> make, make a note, Adam's number one is going to be I'll Stick Around. <laughs> Look,
2: it, like, the key to a good mixtape is you blow their mind to, to start with and then track two, you, you like, destroy them. And yep. this, this, this is it. Um, uh, it. Lyrically, the drums, the the sound of it. Yeah, the video is fun. Seeing Pat smear, all kind of funny <laughs> up there, and you know William miming along to Grohl's, which was probably the start of all the Dave William drama. But anyway, um, the um, just that every word I said was true. That you'll see, you know, like mm. and, and this this song was a theme of mine for many years. As you know, Ben 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 would know, and um, uh, it it's. I don't know, it's just, it's it's perfect. If I if I had to try and explain to an alien what Foo Fighters are, I would play them this song.
1: Uh, they should know. Mm-hmm. How would you're, an alien not know what Foo Fighters are? Like, you're, you're right, they should know. The aliens yes, actually,
2: sure. uh, should
0: actually sue them for copyright, copyright
1: infringement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Um, there's going back to, like, life stats. I don't want to make this all about life stats, but I guess for Adam and I, a lot of our Foo Fighter journey is live. Which is sad because their live shows uh, don't change it up very much. So you see one, you see them all. but Not now,
2: but back in the day.
1: Yeah. But um, just looking quickly, I don't I don't take too much off Setlist FM. Like, I don't think it's a, the most thorough website. You look at the chart of how much this in, like, the year 2000, they played it 100 times, basically. Since then, it's a handful each tour at most. Like, yeah. it's insane <clears> the <throat> Drop Off this song has had, and I don't know if it's... They're very much a band who's like, okay, um, Stacked Actors is kind of similar to I'll Stick Around, so we can't do I'll Stick Around anymore. I think they're that kind of band, but I wonder if... I know... I like to think a lot of Dave's lyrics are just gibberish that he's made up right before. Yeah. But this being like a post-Nirvana, that sort of era song, is there more in this where he's like, I don't feel this anymore. I don't want to be doing this anymore. Like, yeah, the, the story behind it is he a bit like, uh, no, I that's think, not us now.
0: I think he now just plays to a completely different audience. Like, I, I think he realizes that his bread and butter is satiating. Like the the like people who playing the songs that people want, like the, the majority want to hear, and just like, the singles, the, basically. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, and then that, that's when they get into this like that. Like, I mean, look at like any shows they did in the last couple of years like you know the amount of covers and stuff that they start doing and like um also not great covers but like you know but like it's it's, it's turned into a stage show which is you know and green day's done the same thing like i watched um their show in england where they played to like thousands and thousands of people and you know that show and the show back in the 90s is obviously completely different but like you know yeah they also have got through to a lot bunch of more people, which I don't think is a bad thing. Like, I mean, you can no one says sell out anymore because, like, you know, selling out is succeeding sometimes. <laughs> like, selling out yeah. is like, you know, getting through to as many people as possible. And, like, you know, you know, who are we to say that someone who likes, you know, selling off of um, Sonic Highways, uh, if it, you know, if it made a difference in their life and, you know, good for good, then oh, that's, yeah. that's a good thing. But, like,
1: yeah, like, you always say you don't want to yuck someone's yum, and that's yeah. fair. Like, if that was the start of someone's journey and they love it and they have that connection that Adam and I have with this, then you good remember, for you.
0: You remember the, the American Idiot backlash?
1: Yeah. And it's like,
0: I don't know, like, the songs kind of sound a lot the same as, like, other ones. They're just fleshed out more. Like, it's not they're not bad songs.
1: It's Hol- just Hol- like... Holidays are this, whole, <laughs> this whole podcast is about a moment in time. Yeah. And our moment in time is like, 90s mid 90s that's where like stuff yeah. hit us and we connected with it uh, so it's going to be the same for other people mm. and we're not going to get that same feeling now when you know nate mendel's new band comes out we're not going to be excited we're like oh yeah okay cool let's see what it sounds like oh whatever well that I'm was
0: 36 last- now i don't care <laughs> um also was last played in uh at one of the tribute concerts as well, but before then, yeah, like it's, it wasn't a, a huge
1: um staple, so, yeah. But it's such a good fucking song. It's it such is. a waste. And I know as bands, the further they get from their first album, the, the further they get from it. Like they distance themselves. from Silverchair were terrible for that. Um They had it song. They did not want to ever play it once they got older. And I'm sure you get sick of it, but bands I've seen, you go one of two ways. You're forever indebted to your first album. And you never let it go. Um, See, I, know, p- I, well, I,
0: I played. Or you,
1: album. you well, move yeah. away from it. And you're like, no, nah, this isn't us anymore.
0: I played in a band where I had vocal members saying, like, I don't want to play stuff from like our first album. I'm like, uh, it's really fun to play, and like, who gives a shit? We're a local Adelaide band. And it's like, yeah, even at a, at a low level, like people have this like visions of grandeur, and it's like, oh, fuck off. Um, big me. No. Yeah. <laughs> big. Here we go. Me. No. Um, possibly one of the greatest songs of the 21st century. Uh, um, uh. I,
1: according to David Eric Grohl, one of his favourites and uh, one of his best written songs, which he says about one song in every album, so I don't okay, really know so, that if that's true.
0: So this song I always um, associate with a film clip because I think it's great. It's like the Mentos uh, um, take takeoff, uh, which you know I think is a very, very funny film clip. Um, that's what endeared me to him. That's why I, th- I, I, I always make a, a comparison to them in Weezer. they have like, got that sort of fun. They took, they took the seriousness out of Rock for a bit, which I think everyone needed yeah. after Kurt, which was good. Um, and he's a funny guy. Like Dave is you know, a funny guy. Like, he did, like the, the Learn to Fly film clip is still hilarious. Um, uh, but Big Me, um, every time I listen to this, um, especially the last couple of weeks, um, I, the pace of this, I always thought it was like way slower, but it's actually got, a, a, it, it rolls along, along quite nicely um i'm gonna go adam first because i don't need your need your negativity um adam <laughs> um
2: big me what do you think it's just a good time it's yeah. i know ben and i we love to poke and prod each other over this one but it's um it's just a fun song um you know it's catchy it's good it'd be good on radio it's great live it was great when they did the um foo, did that skin and bones you know with the the cello player and all that sort of stuff and Petra Hate. It's just a fun thing, uh, a fun song. But side note, the video for Big Me was filmed in Sydney the day before I saw them for the first time. So I saw them on Whoa. New Year's Eve 1995. Uh, Did you know it was
1: being filmed?
2: No, I didn't. But a friend of mine, uh, I met him years no later. Internet um a, a, a really a good friend of mine dylan was walking along Parramatta road in sydney past the annandale hotel and a girl from a record company was out the front she's like do you know who Foo fighters are he's like yes i do and she's like do you want to meet them he's like yes i do and she's like do you, do you want to be in their video for the new song and he's like yes i do and she wa- she walked him inside he signed a waiver and the band were playing at the annandale hotel for the video and that's the live footage you see in the video for um so he's he, in the video? He's in the video in the crowd shots. So got okay. he, His payment was a signed copy of the first album on CD, which he's going <laughs> to leave to me in his will, oh. um, which is very nice of him. Oh, good on you, Dylan. <laughs> and then many, many years later, 2008, um, Ben and I were at that same hotel seeing Jackson
1: United. Was it, Ben? I, I think it was Jackson United by then, yes, formerly yeah. Jackson.
2: And uh, we were at the bar and Pat Smear walked in. And Taylor was with him, and um, and I said, I walked up to Pat, and I'm like, you know, this is where you shot the big me video. And he's like, and he does the, you know, that Pat smear, oh, my God, look on his face, you know, and him and Taylor. Talking, and Taylor's like, what? You did the video here? It was, that's just, that's my little bit of a hit oh. boring trivia bit. No, because no, no, Taylor, good.
1: Taylor at times was a, still a very sweet fanboy about the band. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think he, he probably got over it. But this is... Uh, 2008, did you say this was? It was. Yeah, it was in 2008. Yeah, um, there's probably like over it here and there, but like you see interviews and stories every now and then. Like he was still, he was a fan of the band before he was in it. Yeah, yeah. Like he still had those little moments of like, this is pretty cool. Like he's generally reasonably down to earth. And Pat, uh, yeah, Pat was very easy to impress and get excited. (laughs) I think Pat was high most of the time. Um, yeah, I saw him on the um, I
0: watched the Alanis Doco um about jug little pill and um yeah he, even about her he's like he's got such enthusiasm about like taylor did about just who he, he, these people he's playing with and it was, it was very sweet to watch because it's like he just wants it to be in certain places and and seem to really sort of connect with people so yeah um uh, also a good doco if you want to watch it um let's go on to Alone and easy target um good uh, choice. Now, this, is a, this is a this is a pretty big one um Apparently it was a single, I don't know what was a single here, but it's definitely in the UK. Um this one, I when I learned how to play this guitar, I like I thought it was like a fucking monster. Because um, <laughs> like it sounds like a lot of stuff sort of sounds a lot harder than what it is, but like yeah, when you when you play this and you drop the D down it's like, oh that's awesome. So a lot of Need Tuckers, um a big fan favorite I've heard. Um what about you guys?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um it's it feels a bit simple sometimes. Like, it is it is one of those songs that... Uh, goes on like too you long. This... Yes,
0: yes, you're correct. I mean, you can be sad to a
1: lot of these songs. It's like, I'll
0: stick around. It goes on a little bit too long. But
1: <laughs> Yeah, and look, maybe it does sound a bit similar to the others in places, but it's got those those fun, cool Dave Grohl chords, like the Winnebago-type yeah. chord. Like, it's just it's just a little bit off. It's a little bit kooky and different in its own way. Yeah. Um but I just I feel like it was such an underrated song that you just you would come to love it. Uh, um, what's and your, what's, what do what you reckon? Yeah, no, like, let's...
2: yeah um, like most of the songs on the album, it just grabbed me immediately. The the start, the middle, the drumming is, is phenomenal in it. That underlying bass groove throughout the song as well. You got to, you kind of got to focus to hear it. Sort this of song thing. sounds in utero to me.
0: It sounds like a very oh. like, it's a very well, that I reckon they put like a lot of the microphones around. It's like it's got that. You can hear everything. Maybe well this is one that Steve was L. written
1: in Nirvana Times. Oh yeah, he
0: um he gave
1: Kurt allegedly played it to Kurt, yeah.
0: And they even they even did it in uh, Soundcheck a couple times.
1: Yeah. But uh, again, this is Dave retelling it. Uh, I don't always want to believe too much of uh his versions of things. Speaking of get a of like soundcheck, have, have you seen the YouTube of a Nirvana Soundcheck
0: where Dave is like just like uh giving shit to Courtney and Courtney's in the room. No. And then she then she walks off fucking screaming and yelling and uh. Kurt's Kurt does not do a thing. Oh <laughs> I can imagine can you imagine being on tour with Courtney Love? Oh my lord. Um yeah uh anyway, look, it's, yeah, it's a big song. song. Um last played in 2018 at the Hollywood Palladium parking lot. Um but yeah but,
1: I... but I can also tell you it was played once in Sydney in 2008 uh, because I don't recall him making like, uh, an introduction before it or not, but this happened two nights in a row. Adam and I, I th- were we standing in the same spot both yes, nights? Yes, we were on the ego we were. stage, yeah. Um,
2: oh,
0: hey Johnny Park! Then alone an easy target. That's a that's a one-two punch. It was a good night,
1: um, and I remember us just looking at each other like, "What the fuck?" Like every now and then, you'll get something cool at a Foo Fighter show, but not at an arena show. Does he pull out like this random, barely even single from the yeah. first album?
0: This is when they're doing their skin and bones thing because they no, have acoustic set in the middle. No, or... that was
2: that was like oh five oh six. This was the um, Echo Silence, Patience and Grace tour. Just a quick, just a quick
0: sidebar. Like uh, acoustic sets in the middle of uh, gigs, yes or no?
2: I'm yeah. okay with it. Okay, yeah, it it depends on the setting and the songs and everything, but I think it's a great way to sort of well, chill things out. And it, they did and Monkey it, Wrench acoustically. <laughs> they tried.
0: It, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll get that we'll get to that when we do uh um the next album. But um...
1: my, my only issue with um the acoustic set in the middle is when the front man of the band says, We'll never do that. Posers do that. That's stupid. And yeah. then three years later, it's exactly what they're doing. I think Dave Grohl forgets that the internet exists. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can just sure
0: say does. whatever I want.
2: Yeah, he made
1: a. Remember snack... when he said, "If there's a computer involved in someone's music, then it's not music." Yep, and then he did. <laughs> they a... use a computer back there. It's wrong. <laughs> and then he did
2: a remix with that Skrillex dipshit or whatever yep. it is, or whoever it was, or Danger Mouse, or what? What, what, what is it? And, and got. Marshmallow, was not Wasn't Jack <laughs>
1: Antonoff on the last album?
2: Hey, we Jack's done some nice work with he, one Jack of the Jack does very good work, but Taylor he's not going to work Swift. without a computer, is he? No, but I, I will just say on an Easy Target, the very first time I saw them, they did that and then led into Exhausted. And that's a... Yeah, that's weird. That was... It was like, oh, damn, like, that works. Like, to... Yeah. Bl- yeah, and then that dirty, noisy, fight. we'll get on to Exhausted eventually, but, um, yeah, it's it's a great song on, on stage.
1: Uh, yeah, it is. It's very underrated. Big fan of it.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to Good Grief. Or is it Floaty? Or is it Winnie Beanie? Or is it oh. George? <laughs> <laughs> no, Good Grief. This is its
1: own song. Everyone knows this is its own song.
0: Yeah. Um, look, I like this one. It's um, like a... I said, like, um, I like their faster stuff, um, and they do this quite well. And, um, uh, what's your uh, what? Are are you a um, are you a fan? Good grief,
1: Uh, Adam, I love this song.
2: Yeah, it does like like Ben. Just those those power chords, you know, um, it's sort of smashing the face, and then it's done. Like it's it just works.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's very simple. Yeah, yeah, and I think I like. I think I kind of wanted more of this, but that's. I mean, I come from like I was a big sort of punk rock guy, so I think the short sharp is definitely up my wheelhouse. So like when I had a song like this, I was like, after look, and like all those songs are good, but as I said, like they're they're fairly long. Um, like I I love um, like a good short sharp song, and this this one sort of fits the bill.
1: It does Um, have a punky sort of sound to it. Yeah, I don't like. I'm not a punk kid, but it's it is that just smash in, smash out.
0: Yeah, and um, this one was um, last played, phew, 2000.
1: So... Yeah, see, another one that it just fell off the radar. It's, I don't know why, just suddenly, and that was, that was a very special show that I got played as well, that when Free Fighters plays at the Black Cat, which I'm sure they're never going to do that again. The,
0: that was the last time they played it, yeah.
1: Um, that's when, like, the most ridiculous set lists come out. Because that was um, like Dave's hometown. They go play this little club and just do something ridiculous. Which he, which he is a he's a partner in as well. That's probably why he, uh, he used to like playing there. Um, apparently written during the
0: Nirvana time and described by um, Rolling Stone as a cartoonish aggression of cheap trick at their peak.
2: Which I don't know uh, whether yeah, that's cheap trick with distortion
1: pedals, maybe. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, but yeah, that's not that's not me. I mean. Cheap Trick had some good stuff. Yeah. What do you mean, like some? That's a compliment. What do you mean, some? Some. I haven't, I haven't listened to all of it. I cannot comment. Let's go on to Floaty <laughs> and let's talk about Cheap Trick.
2: <laughs> the, um, one, the one song where it, if it's on Spotify or a CD or whatever, I'll be like, oh, okay. Next.
0: Uh,
2: on, on vinyl, I'll oh. let it go. Yeah. Sometimes I get a bit bored. I do Look, like it. Um... It's not a very exciting song.
0: I'll give you that. The little uh, riff thing, like, the little sort of, like, I really like that sound. Um, it does get a bit repetitive. Uh, if you want to check it out, there's a, um, uh, I think they were in some, somewhere in Europe, they attempted to play it, and fuck, like, it's, it's pretty bad. We'll put it up on the Instagram. It's, um, he can't hit the Was that notes. a few years ago? 2019. So, yeah, yeah. He, can't, he can't hit the notes in it, and um, so I think, yeah, if they were going to do it, they probably would have had to, like, change the key. And then they just abandoned it. About I think after the first um, first
1: they did verse. it on the um the skin and bones like the acoustic shows they did it fine, yeah. But I guess it's quite a different version. It's, uh, it's uh, before a bunch of Jaeger and cigarettes and
0: yeah, <laughs> it's gonna do it's gonna do something to your
1: vocal cords. Um, this is one. So I I started learning guitar when I was listening to this album, and the chords are so easy. The song was so nice and easy to play. It was so chill and mellow, and just not pretty, but it was. There's something nice about it. But and it's then also
2: positioned I sh- right between two very fast pop rock punk
1: song. You know what I mean? Like it's, which shouldn't work. Yeah, it shouldn't be a good place for that song to go. But it doesn't. It doesn't ruin it for me. Right. Like I feel like you need a moment in there. Um, I almost
0: think that this is, like, this is the, uh, like, the poly, like, this is, like, the, yeah. the side A break sort of thing. So, um, which when, you know, one thing, oh, I'm not going to, like, you know, be wax nostalgic about stuff, but, like, I did used to like the side A, side B of, like, a tape or an oh, album hell because hell it's, there, is, there is a story being told, like, and with Nirvana, that, never mind, is such a side A, side B uh album because of that poly and then when you flip it over going into territorial pissings um so yeah and this one I, I do believe well and it's like i mean it's, it's a perfect six and six sort of thing so yeah i'd say this yeah. the, uh, the 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 end of sybene it's always good to sort of cruise out of that one with a with a with a softer track that's a good point
2: but if you um, fell asleep like listening to an he i'm sure we've all done headphones on and floaty you're like oh i'm having a nice dream they're bang winnie beanie like <laughs> like yeah you know, <laughs> you know. um yeah. so let's go let's go into to, to winnie beanie um
0: apparently um written about a uh fast food joint um in his hometown or somewhere
2: um it's in the up in that pacific northwest area yeah, from my understanding do, uh, yeah
0: yeah, so um I don't know, like he's he's obviously like um I've heard him talk about barbecue a lot, so I know he's like a big food dude. Um he is. I watched him on Hot Ones. Great. I watched him on Hot Ones. Did you watch this, Adam? Did what you watch Dave? Dave now when he started mixing his drinks with his fingers in the middle of a pandemic so gross <laughs> so...
2: And, thank you and but in in fairness to to dave the way that dime used to make that drink was also with his fingers as well oh, okay. So if you watch any of the pantera videos you'll you'll see him do that sort of stuff so maybe... I'm, sure, I'm
0: sure if uh, dime was like hey we're in the middle of a pandemic and I don't know about my fingers <laughs> 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 um but yeah uh yeah check out hollands um we be yeah, like it's um oh no i, I yeah it's fine
1: <laughs> to me this should be a staple if if you're in a so-called rock band you want to be pulling this song out most nights and i know like it's probably hard in his voice so not consistently but there's like fuck it's, it's the, so it's so good
0: it's also got mm-hmm. the distortion on the vocals
1: uh, yeah, yeah uh, so like i'm sure he's no are you no. not a fan of that not a fan don't like it but then it, we had have. the other effect floaty has like an effect on the vocals as well i think it's got kind of like a reverb but well, it's, it's
0: just doubled yeah. up
2: they have actually double the vocals on that but like yeah back back then dave didn't like the sound of his voice so he would often double track his vocals mm. um, uh, yeah, so. yeah he, thought, he thought he was nasally um, but yeah i don't know yeah
0: fan. i don't know it's a bit of a throwaway i think that's the... oh. yeah
1: all oh, that it's, hurts it's... I'm sad that this is this and wind up are songs I've never experienced live, and I'm kind of glad because i I'm sure they won't hit the way I want them to because the band doesn't care about them the way they do learn to fly um but it's just such <laughs> a hard hitting song that I don't know why you wouldn't
0: you' he know, respect play, this a bit more they did play it in twenty twenty one at the nine thirty club in washington d c so. again,
1: that's one of those little tiny club shows where they just play ridiculous songs because they know the fans there aren't there to hear learn to fly. Yeah. Okay. Like this is your special little club show. It was where, a but... uh,
0: fan
2: request apparently. Which he so, does yeah. do at times. Sometimes he'll pull weird, weird stuff out. I mean, not to brag, but he's done it for me before. Um, <laughs> so actually not, actually no, I am bragging. Um, what, like. what did you ask for? In nineteen ninety nine, just before There is nothing nothing left to lose, they were out here for a couple of shows promo for the album and um they played uh at channel V in front of like twelve people there's footage on YouTube and I wasn't one of the twelve people but I was there outside the studio and Dave and I had a chat about our favorite drummers for the chat went off on a half an hour and um and I'm like hey um, Watershed, can you you put it in the set of the show they played at Sydney Uni a couple of nights later, and he he did he played oh, nice. it.
1: yeah oh uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure
2: we'll get to that in in Watershed but um Ben I really like that link you just made between Weenie Beanie and Wind Up I think that the, that's a good if you're making like a, a, a like a mixtape or a mix CD of similar songs off 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 albums that would be a good yeah. Link.
1: Yeah. Or um, like I was mentioning before, I was stick around as that actors, I feel like they mm-hmm. rewrite songs and then just replace them in a way. like times like these and what was the new times like these that he did? Walk or something. like there's always yeah. a new version of their hit, Best of you. like there's always that one big stadium banger. Yeah and the same uh, Winnie Beanie Wind up, white limo there's every not every album but every now and then they've got one that just like tries to rip your face off and blow your ears out. Well, and that this little, is one.
0: That little bridge riff that he does and when you, you like that yeah. that sounds
1: that sounds like bleach. Nevada, yeah. Like Mr. Nostalgia type sort of thing and yeah um, um I had a little moment with this like as I mentioned before this is one of the songs I would go into virgin to listen to. Um they did a live airing in Ooh, 2002, 2003 um, for BBC, uh, like Radio 1. And they, I think they just started playing this or they're about to play it and the power went. Oh, right. And like the broadcast was cut out. <laughs> <laughs> and I, all I, could, I remember like sitting in my room thinking like, those lucky fucks in this like tiny little room with one of the best did, bands in the world.
0: Did you, get, did you get cut out at the exact mark that the 15 second
1: used to <laughs> <laughs> it's like man,
0: 16 seconds hear, into Weenie Beanie. I'm not going to hear the rest of this song ever in my life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because life is, is the matrix and nothing is real. Um, but it's funny now, like I look back on that set list and it's not an incredible set, but just the idea of being in like this tiny little club and the power goes out. So like I don't know, Adam, were you at the Manning Show, Manning Bar Show? Uh no. No? Um, same thing, like the power goes out. And so it's just them and their amps, like the PAs and shit have gone out. So like, well it's just you and the band now, like, what happens? This doesn't happen at shows. Yeah. Like it's such a weird, fun, unique experience. Um, but I was just sat in my room. Next to the ra- next mm-hmm. to a radio, like an actual radio, listening to it. You're like in 1940s war times. <laughs> yeah, I was like winding it up so it would keep on working. Uh-huh.
0: Um, so let's go on to O. George. Um, or can we just skip it? Oh, okay. No,
2: okay.
0: no, no. We'll go on to O. George. Um, so I was just reading. Um, uh, the last time they before we get into our feelings, the last time they played this was at the uh you in a you know. New of New South Wales Roundhouse in Sydney on October 6th, 1999. Which I was that? Oh, yeah. So they did like a little sort of uh, block of Alone and Easy Target, Weenie Beanie, O George, For All The Cows, like right in the middle there. Um, so there's like, oh, we'll play a bunch of stuff off the um, the first album, um, which is, you know, uh, a very, very decent. It's actually a very decent set list. I don't know what A320 is.
2: I'm assuming it's like some sort it's of It's a theme. song off the Godzilla soundtrack, and it was written because they would fly around the United States we go on to shows, and nearly every plane they took was an A three hundred and twenty, an Airbus.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good song. It is, yeah. They, not they, actually hey, in the film, I don't think. Is it? Just Godzilla is a shit
2: movie, but oh, the it's, soundtrack. Uh, it's not say
1: things that we can't take back. But um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so <laughs> oh, George, um. Let's let's talk about this because um, Dave apparently is. Uh, I've I've read on a couple of sources that it's his most hated song. Apparently, it's about George um, Harrison.
1: Um, I'm not gonna make a big of it because I don't know if it's for him. I think it was an ode to him because this he said the solo is George Harrison esque. Okay,
0: that's kind of big nodding yourself to as like yeah, I think I've uh, replicated the uh, one of the best guitarists ever known <laughs> to the It's esque um but yeah um yeah i mean i've I've also seen a couple of times where he says he likes it too but who knows um doesn't get played very often um what do you guys think about oh i I don't think
1: it's been played since adam saw it
2: nah yeah and 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 side note i back in the day i used to smuggle mini disc recorders into shows (gasps) and i recorded that show um, and, but stupidly, I plugged the microphone into the, uh, headphone slot on the mini disc oh, recorder. Adam. Um, so I don't have a recording and there is no recording known of that, of that show. Um, and I wish that,
1: you told us that before because <laughs> in hindsight, you can never make a joke about someone failing a recording. <laughs> never. That, never. How dare never. you? The yeah. last time O. George was played live and you don't know how to use a recorder. I do know how, but I was... Apparently I mean, not.
2: <laughs> I had it shoved down my boxes to get through security. Can and- you
0: imagine that now? But, like, now we literally have, like, the technology to record the entire show. Um, all, all, all now is common decency that you shouldn't do it, but, like, you know, people do it anyway, sort of thing. But, yeah, like, I mean, they used to pat people down to find mini disc recorders, and now that it's like, go on with your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't record. Um. I I this is what it was my my uh, my boomer gripe or whatever whatever generation I am, Um I fucking hate seeing shots of live shows where they've asked this crowd to like lift up their phones, as in like in, in, instead of lighters. I don't know. It is. It, it looks cool though. Come on. It makes me feel really like it's, it's like oh i think we're done as a society <laughs> we, like my thing is if you're know, a show you put your phone away and you you watch it sort of thing and it's like and i know like you know whatever like i'm some that's my my personal belief but yeah when i see a bunch of phones up in the air i'm like ugh, back to oh george radi- this song is the best
1: <laughs> um hugely underrated song oh george uh i don't know why he never plays it. i don't know why they hate it i think it's uh, it's, I'm not going to say it's my favourite song in here, but I think because it's so, you know, you're being so mean about it, it makes me like it more. <laughs> and to bring in uh, another Paul, uh, Paul W. from England, uh, fellow Pearl Jam maniac.
0: Hello, it's me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not from London at all. Um, I don't know, where are you from, Paul? Are you from the north? I think he lived in Northampton. for. I don't know. I I can't do that. Anyway. um, Yeah, he said this is, he thinks it's greatly underrated. Uh, He's always loved this song as well. So thanks, Paul, for sticking with me. The other Paul, not you. Hey, Paul, Um, Paul, you're wrong. It's great. You're wrong. It's a great Um,
0: song.
1: Should we get on to some cows? We should. And we can stick with my friend, Paul, who uh, asked me if this song was racist. (laughs) Because he says, my kind has all run out as if kinds could blend. He's not saying it is. But he heard that line and was like, "Is this a racist <laughs> Um,
0: I love "For All the Cows." Like again, one of the ones that I've learned on guitar, and I'm like, when I do that little run thing at the start, the demo, the in it, like, I thought it was god. And there's um, weird chords. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, we used to cover it in my first high school band badly, um, and I just think it's, it's like, a, like the little jazzy thing he does. Um, again, this is like the Weezerish song of the album like it's yeah. like the one that like doesn't really mean anything um i mean probably does but you know, it's just intense hate of like other races or something like that but, like um uh yeah i think for all cows is a great song it's 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 one of the ones that like i'll chuck into a, like if i'm just doing a playlist or something like that, i'll chuck it in because it's, it's fun to listen to what about you guys do you like you, you are you cow cow lovers
1: <laughs> yes well there's another a, song yeah uh, look it. Like you said all the
2: the guitar leaks like it, it's it's fun it's great live i've been lucky enough to see it a few times live um um it kind of builds up and goes down builds up goes down. like i i don't know it's it's a fun part of the album
1: i feel like it never really goes anywhere as a song like it kind of does build a song up, <laughs> it does build up like it does get kind of heavy but it's just I don't know, it's not a bad thing. Like, not every song needs to, like, build up to a huge crescendo or anything, but it kind of teases you of, like, getting as hard as, you know, Good Grief or Weenie Beanie, and then it never quite reaches it. Um, but yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's just He's it's saying a bit this song weird. one doesn't, doesn't reach
0: the, the, the lofty
1: heights of Good Grief. <laughs> Not many on here do, so don't be offended.
2: The thing for me, I, if you if you jump on YouTube and you'll see, because they played it a fair bit around like the two thousand era, and if you look, watch, Nate is always in this. He's got that red bass, for that Fender P bass or whatever it is. Yeah, and he, he's 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 just always locked into this groove. And Taylor's there wailing away, and the drum, you know that that really heavy drum bit. Chris is just off in Chris land and Dave's cash his checks cash or ben um <laughs> and um like his it's, podcast. yeah it is it is i like um, it, it's his podcast is fun <laughs> um i don't it it it's on this on the album you're like yeah okay it's great but again the live versions just i don't know the band seem to enjoy playing it um i like, like the,
0: the the difference in noise level to like the, the volume when it gets into that chorus is, is loud so i remember like um uh I think it blew a speaker once because, like you know, there is a, a definite like rise, um, and it's a it's a big sounding album and lots of stuff too. So yeah, it's it's it definitely one that I've always loved. Last played in twenty twenty one at the Sirius XM Radio at the Garage, garage, garage. garage.
1: Um, this is this is like one of those uh, similar to Big Man. This is a cool like it comes out reasonably often like. If you see them every show on a tour, there's a good chance you'll see this at least once, if not twice.
0: Okay, let's go on to that's ecstatic. Ecstatic, yeah, is ecstatic. I listened to um a bit more um in the last few. It's the one that's that stuck out to me a bit more. Um, so yeah, I've I've, I've again I used to sort of bundle into the um other ones that like kind of sounded similar, but this one I I think is it got a bit more
1: to it, and and I'm a big fan of it now. So, what do you guys think of ecstatic? The layering on this, I've become obsessed with. I've always kind of liked it, but the way the guitars layer up, um, is, and I don't know if that's to do with what's his name, Greg, Greg Dooley, mm. um, that plays on it, or if it's just Dave just going for a wild time. But yeah, this song for me, I don't care about anything else that's going on. Those guitar layerings is just the best. I love it. Yeah,
0: you got um, yeah, Greg Dooley from Afghan Wigs um uh, putting guitar into this as well because he was, was having a I always studio. thought it was wings. No wigs. Oh, wigs. Oops. um yeah he was just in the studio at the time. Um Dave also has a quote saying a song like Ecstatic is the only way I can express grief or happiness. weird man. Um <laughs> what do you think of
2: Ecstatic? <laughs> yeah look it's it's nice and trippy. You know it's a good inclusion on a on on the album and everything like that. But again when the record's on or it, CD or whatever it might be, I'm kind of like hurry up and get over and done with because the next two are gonna blow my mind.
1: So it is an easily skipped song.
2: Yeah, I get a bit impatient when it's on because I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Get to Watershed, you know. (laughs)
0: Yeah, let's get let's get to Watershed then,
2: Um, (laughs) because that one that one hasn't been played since
0: 1995.
2: Um, Watershed. That's not true. That's not true because he played it for me in 1999. Well, you. Bring up Setless FM and you say
0: yeah. there is a glaring
1: Wait, is that Watershed Shed or Waterfred? Ah, uh, yeah, Waterfred. No, oh bit. no, Water...
0: I'm sorry, no, I ecstatic like hasn't been played in since. Oh, okay. oh sorry. okay. Sorry. Sorry, okay. Sorry, sorry, Watershed. Sorry, sorry. W- yeah. <laughs> 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 Look, I don't know. <laughs> uh has not been played since 2018. Hmm. But let's um talk about so yeah, there is Waterfred. Um there is a uh, recording available from I think as British radio. Um, he does the voice of the B-52's lead singer. Fred Schneider. Fred Schneider. Um again, like, you know, he's a funny dude. Um He is. He, he, he's funny. Not ha ha funny. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, let's let's go and say Watershed. What what are you you guys are big watershed fans? Uh, very I've, I've heard that it's a big uh, it's uh, most Foo, Foo Fighter fans, the the diehards are are big watershed fans. What what is it about this song?
1: This is uh I don't know if I mentioned earlier, after uh Alone and Easy Target evening, this the night before is where it all began when out of nowhere, um, they just played Watershed, which again would come out once a tour, every couple of years, like it'll get played a few times, but you never think you're actually gonna hear it get done. Um and yeah, just in the random encore he just starts playing Watershed. Adam and I look at each other like, What the fuck is going on? Why is he playing this song? I'm not not ready for this yet. <laughs> yeah. it's I'm not like expecting to be having a good time. He got the
2: Ticketmaster report that showed that Adam Baker and Benjamin Ray had purchased a ticket to the show. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if, well, i got to do it.
1: If we're going to make them listen to Big Me, we should try and make up for it later.
2: <laughs> oh it's God. just a—it's a glorious song. It's just so choice. It's fast
1: and it's furious and it's fun and it's, it's, I, it's what Good Grief and Weenie Beanie want to be. Yeah, Good Grief that,
0: and Weenie Beanie
2: walks so uh, Watershed could run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, and there's like so. a fury in this. I just, I, I can't, I can't describe it. Um, which, which is the whole point of the podcast to describe stuff, but I can't. Uh, it just works. It's just, yeah, it's great. So it was last, it was last
0: played, um, actually, sorry, in uh, 2021. Uh, they played it at um, the uh, Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. And um, they, played it after... Key Arena. They, they played uh, it after, after Big Me slow version. I'm like, no, no, you should make fast versions of <laughs> everything. <laughs> Why uh. would you slow that one down? Is it, have you heard the slow version? It was like when they did the, the alternate Jeremy, which I wasn't a fan of in Belgium. Yeah. Um, have you heard the slow, mo- slow version of Big Me? Is it, is it yeah. annoying? No. Okay. Sometimes a it's a more just, annoying
1: than the other version.
2: Oh, okay. it's sometimes okay. just, it's just Dave on his own, you know? Mm. Um, like the, the slow version of Everlong, you know, or, the, or just Dave on his own, whatever it might oh. be. Yeah, because yeah. that song doesn't need to be any longer. Oh. Um, <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. Everlong, we'll wait. Oh, uh, man, wait till we get to color and shape. Yeah. Finish we'll the song, Dave. <laughs>
1: finish it. Jesus. Speaking of finish the song. Exhausted. Oh absolutely do you right. want it to finish though like i know it's long but it's got a breakdown so i feel like that doesn't count when you have like an extended breakdown where like you doing it long still no
0: exhausted no.
1: exhausted okay um yeah, yeah there's exhausted. that middle part where it's well yeah. i guess it's not quite the middle but you know it's just i don't know i like it sometimes i'm not in the mood for it i'll be honest but i like feedback i like that overly distorted mess that like, this, it. like it's such a mess, but it's also like sculpted at the same time.
2: I like Exhaust a lot. It's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, again, I, I've said it on a, on a few of these songs, but the live versions. Uh, there's that Brixton Academy show they did in London, 1995, I think November 15 or something like that. Um, and I, I think it was broadcast on BBC, but there's live MTV footage, or whatever it is, a heap on YouTube and stuff like that. But just, just. It's
1: just amazing. it's a word I use often, but it's so true. Um Hang on, I'm yeah. just gonna fact check Adam's story with uh, the FM. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They did play Brixton Academy in November nineteen ninety five.
2: Was it November fifteen?
1: Fifteen and fourteen.
2: Ah, uh, okay. But I think it's the fifteenth was like a broadcast. Um
1: but they um, um yeah. and You're again, bu- <laughs> like a lot of these songs off the first album, they got played like Pretty much every single night, the yeah. first two years,
0: yeah. Absolute glory um, days, yeah. This, uh, this showbox show in uh, twenty fourteen. Start off with Winnebago. Um, this,
2: oh, is a, this is a set. Yeah, imagine that.
0: Don't don't Subterranean, do apparently a live debut. Yeah. Exhaust- Exhausted um, was the second. They did thirty two songs. Jesus, look at that. Oh. So that finishes off the uh, the album, but it's it's uh, we've still got four. Just quickly, um, we got the four B sides, um, which uh, were Winnebago, Podunk, How I Miss You, and Ozone, um, and also Gas
2: Chamber could be chucked in there as well. Um, well now, there's uh, more than four B sides. Sorry, to, but because then there's the live versions on the B sides as well. Oh, true. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but, but recorded studio type B sides.
0: Yeah, the four. How I miss you was actually not bad. Like uh, that's the one that sort of um stuck out to me. Um, that one sort of yeah. I think it um it gets us ready for stuff like um walking after you and like um mm-hmm. I don't know Dear what, Lover. Yeah, lots of stuff. So I think um it's 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 quite sort of stripped back. I like that. Um Winterbunk and Winnebag and
1: Po Podunk and Winnebago, um, I don't know, like they're all right. <laughs> the, those three are all Winnebago, Padunk and How I Miss You They're all very late Pocket Watch type songs um, yep. Which I don't think we actually probably covered in 1992 But like his first little album demo thing That he did They've all got that same sort of sound Like it's very rough and ready mm. um, Not polished but they, you can hear good songs In there And Ozone was a uh, Australian really killer I believe
0: Um which is yeah, you know, it's fine. Like it's uh, he's he has a um his cover choices are weird sometimes, <laughs> but you yes. know um. So let's look. That's the album. Um, uh, Does, but
1: the, we... Adam, do you have a, a take on on how I miss you and I... where it all because it's Adam and I's love song to each other. Yeah, oh, but do you remember is... where it all came from? Uh, what our
2: love? Mm. Um, or the, the song It will be from the showering. <laughs> <laughs> no, um uh side note uh i once sang how i miss you to ben on his voicemail on his phone if I remember correctly please tell me Um, you still got a recording of that uh, um i've got the same number but not the voicemail sadly it's a beautiful song um uh, i love it and uh, ozone obviously dave growing up around kiss and stuff like that back in the 70s and stuff like stuff like that i guess he's a He's a fan of Ace and he's got that ace freely
1: les ball as well that he gave mm.
2: to he gave to Chris, I think. Um Ooh. yeah, yeah,
1: because Chris is a kiss nut as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but can he's you think nut. it's in the background?
0: It's like, hmm, I'm gonna give it to you, but because I want you to play this guitar because this is my choice and I want
2: you to do it and I want control yeah. over
0: everything.
2: <laughs> I'm sure there's a bit of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, some great some great B-size studio stuff. I think when well, I got the this is a cool like the 12-inch um was the glow in the dark twelve inch when it, yes. when it first came out, yeah. a few of those were on there. But the live versions on like the For All the Cows CD single and those types of things, um, you know, no internet back then really to, to to get all that sort of stuff. It was awesome to yeah. to hear some of those um, songs come to life and the little funny interludes or Dave burping during a song or whatever it might be. Um, it was a very cool, a very cool time to be a fan of the band.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember there was um a couple of CDRs that went around. Um, our friends that have like you oh, know, a yeah. bunch of different um uh B sides from like you know Nirvana and and Jam and, and Street Fighters. So yeah, um, Fuck, I, I remember
1: we're... CDRs. Hmm. Shit. Uh. So
0: yeah, let's get into the top fives. Uh. So we've got um, we're gonna go through yeah your your top five tracks in this album. Um, let's start off with Ben for number five, and then we'll we'll uh, go to Adam and me.
1: Um, no one be upset with me, but it's exhausted. Um, because it is a great song, I love it very very much. But it is every now and then I'm just not in the mood for something that long. And I love the breakdown, I love so much about it. But sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's too long. Okay. I, look, and I, after the whole album, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit tired. Are you exhausted? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But yeah, uh, uh, Adam uh, it has to be in my top five. Adam, number five.
2: This is a call. Really? Number five. In number five, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's yeah. how good this album is. The, the song that got me into the band is my fifth favorite song on the album. That's how good this album is. Yeah, um,
1: but you also taste KFC when you listen to it, don't you? So it's. I smell. It knocks it right? down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm saying ecstatic. Because uh, yeah, I've grown, I've grown grown more in love with that song um, since I've been listening to this um this album over the last few weeks. But yeah, uh, I learned how to play the bass line to it too, and it's very fun. Um, I mean, it's continuous, but it's very fun. Um, <laughs> so number four, uh, Mr. Benjamin, George Harrison. <laughs> oh really?
1: Yeah. I, get this is to piss me off. No, it's I've. I've always loved this song, I can't not put it in there, it's, there's, there's songs on this album that, regardless of how much time passes, and I maybe get a bit bored of them, I cannot let go of the nostalgia and how much I loved this song at the time. The middle of this album was my obsession when I received it through the mail for <laughs> £9.99 back in the year 2000. The the <laughs> bookend of this album is great, but the middle, yeah, just it's it sold it for me entirely. The it all sounds the same.
0: Um, Adam, uh, what's your number four?
2: Watershed. Ooh, yeah. or Waterfred. What's um, better? Watershed. I, I occasionally I would put Waterfred on a mix CD for somebody. I probably done
1: that for you at one point, Ben. Just um, just to annoy someone. <laughs> Why does he um, sound like that? It does. <laughs>
2: and,
1: Went to Vancouver.
2: Um, <laughs> um But the uh yeah, like watershed we we've spoken about earlier on um in this session. Um it's just it's a great, fun, perfect song, and um but it is bedded. On the on the album, you you and the two of you are entitled to your opinions. They're incorrect. <laughs> they're in, they're incorrect, of course. Um, so no,
0: yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's like saying uh, outlandish statements that the
1: '99 Godzilla movie is not good.
0: Like it's just, yeah, it's, it's a safe space. Too um, shade. Is it
1: safe to say that Paul's number four is just terrible? Yes, yeah, because it's, be be, right it's, it's,
0: it's Big Me. So that's ah, be gross.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, be and
0: it, it is it is. Uh, It is the pinnacle of, uh, I like to have a bit of fun. Like uh, Grunge was so serious and you got Alice Chains and Soundgarden and all that sort of stuff just being really depressing. I want to watch someone do a Mentos ripoff and have fun. So, um, yeah. It it is
1: a good music video. I'll give you that. But we didn't talk much about Dave's lyrical gibberish. A lot of it sounds like gibberish. Some of it's not. I don't know why this one always annoyed me the most. I think it's, this one actually sounds
0: a lot like a BG song. And it's like, I think he's got, he's just got pop sensibilities. Like he knows how to write a pop song. Um, I don't doubt at some point in the next 10 years, we'll, we'll hear more stuff like this from him. I don't know. Like I think he's just, or like, maybe we'll start writing for people. I don't know. But yeah, I think he's a good songwriter in that sense. And like, you know, when you'd write a pop song, you don't have to have lyrics that make sense. It's just, it's just what it is. Mm. Um, mm. and I'm not invested in him. So, like, I, you know, I think I think a lot of his big songs are like a um, you know, those posters you put in offices to like uh, make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's just that to music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Times like these and best of you, like fuck off. Um, okay, number
1: three. Uh, yeah i I can get you back now for having big me because good grief. You can't have oh George <laughs> no. without good grief.
0: You already put that on there. Oh, sorry. You can't <laughs> have O George without good grief.
1: They just go together. Okay. It's like toast and butter. In a perfect world,
0: we say O oh, grief. Um, <laughs> uh, Adam, you're number three, sir. Exhausted. Exhausted. Um, yeah. He guess tired
1: what? Hey, guess it? what?
0: Hey, guess what? Man two. Ah,
1: good boy. He loses. <laughs> Point. Weren't you complaining about songs that are too long?
0: Uh, look, I'm an enigma. This an- is anigma. the longest song. I'm, I'm an enigma. You know, yeah. I, I, I do things weird. Um, I don't know. I think because uh, I've, been watching, I've been listening to this while playing Xbox a lot, and this one seems to, like, fit the game I'm playing quite a bit. So, yeah, um, I, I just find it fun to listen to. Uh, and it might be, it might be just anything of, like, at this moment, this is what I feel but um, I think,
1: yeah, it's a decent song. And I agree with Adam, and you're wrong. Too. No, well, it is a decent song. I just, you know, I don't know. I've, I obviously feel like it's better at number five. <laughs> then again, uh, my number two is Weenie Beanie. So what do I know? <laughs> okay. I mean, talking about, like, gibberish lyrics. I'm molasses hung in rent. Read a sponsor. One shot, no post show. What? What are you talking yeah. about?
0: There's, you can't only hear it too because they're all distorted, so But um, it's so good.
1: Mm. It's just Ah it's just the perfect noise.
0: Uh Adam, your number three. Is it three? Two, no, two.
2: Uh that would be a lone and easy target.
0: Uh, uh, f- weird that hasn't come up on your list yet,
1: Ben. Is it? It's weird that it hasn't come up in any of our lists until now, because I feel like we all spoke of it quite it's, highly.
2: It's not weird, because both of your lists are wrong. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, pause isn't, because you had the say number three.
0: I yeah, think um, it's wrong in the way that, like, me and Ben seems to be just doing it just to piss each other off. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of the crux of this entire podcast.
1: My list has changed a lot over you know, the months since we decided to do this. Um. But I'm I'm happy with where it's at now. Okay. Well, my number two is for all the cows because
0: uh, I love that song. Seems it's... like a dull choice. Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Just... I'm just, you know what? When you say, I'm just gonna start saying. I'm just gonna start playing exhausted when you start saying shit like that. I'm exhausted
1: of you. <laughs> no. Oh.
0: I'll start okay. playing
1: Big Me because it's very big of you to try and be mean about my album. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'll stick um, around. Uh, the ultimate number one, there's no denying it. It is mm-hmm. the best all-round song on this album, uh, bar none, beginning to end. Or bar one. It's bar, bar zero <laughs> other <laughs> options. This is the greatest song on the album and yep. one of the best Foo Fighters songs uh, that's ever come out.
0: Yep. Yep. I would agree with you if I didn't keep falling asleep because I thought it was the end, you know. But you know, he just keeps going. So
2: there's a there's a verse in there that doesn't need to be in there anyway.
1: Um Adam was yours as well,
2: hundred percent, Ben. And it's why I love you, because um, we we don't always align, but we get there aligned at the end.
1: That's all that matters. Yep. Well, um, mine yeah. is this is a cool one. Fuck the two of you. So um <laughs> it is. It but is hey, better. look. The end of your number one bleeds perfectly into our number one, so it kind of works. Yeah. You get your number one away from my number one. Um, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I look, um,
0: as I said, at the start, this is a perfect start to a, 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 an album. Um, it's the song I regularly keep listening to and go back to. So, yeah, that is that is um, now set in stone. The uh, Our top fives for this album. Um, but we will come back. We will be... We be continue because we'll come back for color
1: and the shape. Mm. And um Hey, if you're leaving, come back soon. I don't, uh? I don't know what it means. Uh? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's for all the oh, what are they even called? I'm not gonna call them Philly's because I hate when people say that. What are Foo Fighter fans called? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Insufferables.
0: <laughs> Insufferable. <laughs> that's Belgian that's fans. No, way. So you know what? And food fighter fans aren't detestable. No, d- 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 tool fans are detestable. Um, mm. Yeah, food fighters uh mildly annoying. annoying. Um, but thank you so much, Adam, uh, for being Who's here. He's not mildly annoying. No, you're not mildly annoying. Yeah, <laughs> the sweetest mildly, man I know. Look, you right, know, thank you. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this shot spied at the end of this. Um, we will we will have you back for Colin and the Shape and. Um, uh, that will obviously is that mm-hmm. ninety seven, yeah. All right, and then I've yeah, we'll um, in a couple of years. Well, oh, yeah. then they have a really big break then because because uh, no, losing that no, ninety nine. Oh no, no, no two thousand. Yeah, I always equate like... that with um. When did um, what's that Jim Carrey film that they out in?
1: Me and myself and Irene. Yeah, that's yep. my that's my touchstone for that. It's, it's <laughs> a good film.
0: It yeah. is. Well, we'll, well, hmm, okay. We'll We'll, get to it. We'll find out at 999. Thank you so much for coming, Adam. Um, This has been great.
2: Thank you, um, Chance, for having me. It's always fun to to listen to this sort of podcast, but an awesome experience to be a part of one as well.
1: Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you, Brett, man. <laughs> Thank you. Now go Walt, post it on Walt, the Mango on the
2: Foo Fighter boards.
0: You nerds. no, because Dave <laughs> went and
2: closed the port, the post board. They took so it down, Paul. They they took, took it down. down. Too much, well, um, too much inviting, or no? I think there was some UK law about data protection or something, and a lot of those post boards got closed down that were that were global ones.
0: Okay,
2: yeah, because the data had to be kept for so you could read up on it, but something about the GDPR. The the data logs, or something like that. So,
0: yeah, we found out that too many people like Dave Grohl's. We're going to shut it down.
1: (laughs) Walt Flanagan's dog is now retired. Oh, 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 is that what you were? (laughs) That was was my name. And
2: then I remember Alicia was like Chris Shiflett's Flying V, and Crystal, I can't remember what Crystal's name was. Don't you have an
0: X Files? uh, Uh, Yes. Um,
1: uh, My dear friend Laura was Anazazi Red yeah that's right, and Asazi. Taylor Hawkins used to be on Anasazi, right? sorry, um, and Taylor used to like creep on the boards every now and then, and like he when they met, they knew each other because of that as yeah uh, and Stu
2: stew from London he has a friend of yours, I forget his name
1: um, yeah, and people change their names as well, like they you know they created their username in ninety eight and then in two thousand and four they're like, uh, this is done, I'm gonna get a new one,
0: yeah, well. You're yeah, all very cool people. All right. So um, <laughs> I'll uh, cut we'll, all of this out. <laughs> yes. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see everyone uh, next time. And thanks again. All right. Catch later. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bangam.com. Artwork by Carla Kagenvan. Check out her stuff at carlykagemben.design on Instagram Or email her, carlykagemben at hotmail.com Do you like The X-Files? Check out our other podcasts, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment On Apple, Spotify or Chartable Stay cosy, look back and relax We'll see you later